Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, some kind of star thing. Here we are in the stars doing the thing. We're on episode 208. Woo! Holy crap. And we're kicking off season six after the, after the big dramatic moment of season five. Here we are, season six, kicking it off with a six-parter. But we're only covering the first two. Woof! It's gonna be a it's gonna be a couple of weeks, guys. So we're covering the first two episodes of season six, A Time to Stand and Rocks and Shoals. You may remember from last season that I am Ames. And you may recall from seasons past that I am Caitlin. This is Jake. (laughs) And from TV Guide's coming previews for the new season, this is Chris. Jake used to have fun with us. I've been watching so much Simpsons that, like, my fucking now, my reaction is, I'm Troy McClure. You might recognize me from, you know, Uh, The Young and the Restless. You might recognize me from such podcasts as Episode 207 and Episode 206. And the president's neck is missing. You know whose neck isn't missing? Gold Ducat. Ducat? Let's talk about a time to stand. All right, here we go. A time to stand. So... When we last saw all of our Starfleet hit heroes, they were abandoning the space station and the Dominion were taking it the fuck over. But the very, very last moment, I know I mentioned this last week, the very, very last moment of, the, of season five was the whole fleet gathering together and the Defiant and the Rotaran joining up. And it looks like we're going to come right on back and attack again with the whole fleet who should have been there from the offing. But oh, yeah. Starfleet is a bunch of assholes. Mm. And here in season six, we get to see that all of that went super poorly for the Federation. So it starts off where three months later, Starfleet casualties have been enormous. And everyone is feeling like, oh, crap, we're just all going to get mowed down. So Admiral Ross shows up and he says, hey, Cisco, I'm going to relieve you of duty because we have a new dangerous incredibly bonkers thing we want you to do. And you're into that, right? And Cisco's like, have you been watching this show? (laughs) Hell yes, I'm into that. Do I get to poison a planet? I really want to do all this stuff. By the way, has has anyone seen Cassidy Yates in a while? We haven't seen her since Rapture, but oh well. I miss her. I wanted to say that last week. Like I fucking missed Cassidy because we had everybody else. But oh well. So here's, here's the new dangerous, completely bonkers thing that Admiral Ross wants Cisco to do. Ghosts destroy a Ketracel White facility where the Jem'Hadar's, you know, supply of Ketracel White exists. And if it doesn't exist, it will get them all killed immediately. And you're going to go in flying in in the ship, you know, the episode from season five and also the ship from the episode in season five. (laughs) Back on the station, Kira and Dukat are butting heads when Dukat really wants to be butting something else. Ugh. Odo is sitting around like, what even is my point here anymore? The Dominion doesn't let me do anything. Not even break some knees, which the Cardassians let me do. Hey, good one. (laughs) Hey, and Wei Yun is fanboying all over Odo. Like, I swear to God, between scenes, he like passed Kira a note like fucking Shakar did with the whole, does Odo like me? Check yes, check no. So Kira kind of nudges Oda to say, you should take advantage of this because he thinks you're a god. And what do we do when people think we're a god? 
We tell them we're not. Yeah, I guess I guess so. Damn it, Odo. So Odo says, all right, I guess I'd like my Bajoran deputies back. And but Wayun is just blinded by all his love of Odo's mushy fucking face. And he says, okay. And also, will you join my Odo fan club? I made buttons. <laughs> They're so cute. They, they, they love are. Wayun loves do. Odo. Odo loves Kira. Yeah. Uh, so back Kira on. Kira loves killing Cardassians. Seriously. Back on the ship, you know, the episode from season five. Uh, Cisco and Garrick are playing VR games, and they elude a major battle with the centaur, which I'm not going to describe because we'll get into it later. They go into the they go to the Kedrasol White facility, and they proceed to sabotage the fuck out of it with a barrel handoff. And my thought was, somewhere Odo is cringing because barrels. You mean not Odo? Wharf ruined that joke. Wharf. You want to do a new take, or you leave it as is? Leave it as is. People get okay. It. Worf is cringing because barrels. They blow the fuck of the whole Ketracel White facility, but they also damage themselves. They damage the fuck out of the ship, you know, the episode from season five. And Julian, who's augmented, don't you know? And we've decided to really, really fucking embrace the fact that Julian is augmented and make it prevalent in every single fucking scene. He does some spontaneous Vulcan math just to piss off Garrick and says, <laughs> well... Without warp, it'll take us 15 years to get to the ne- nearest Federation station. Whoopsie! End of episode. Is a Federation station like Conjunction Junction? It is. Okay, good. So I presume, with Worf being off with the Klingons, and uh, Julian now being openly a Vulcan, he must still be acting as intelligence officer. Worf? Julian. Julian. Remember, because that time Worf was away, oh. they assigned, uh, and that would explain why he's the one that has to deliver the news about the Seventh Fleet or whatever. Here's the thing. Julian's role as chief medical officer is way more important than anything else, because, like, all of Starfleet is broke. All of the Starfleet people are broken in all their parts. Well, he can do both. You know, he just he occasionally gets a report. I want him mm. focused on curing people right now. Well, it also seems like, you know, the sh- the titular ship from the ship you know from season five is uh you know kind of a ship box and doesn't have medical facilities so he's well know, that's probably having normal. to make six bay sick bay out of his quarters yeah that yeah, getting you- used to the ship is kind of hilarious because o'brien's complaining that there's no chairs Someone's no, complaining. No, uh, Nog. Nog. Nog is upset about the lack of chairs. O'Brien's upset about the lack of replicators. The lack of sandwiches. Yep. Jadzia doesn't like that there's no view screen. Everyone doesn't like that it's missing all these other things. All these, you know, comforts that the Jem'Hadar just don't have. Yeah. You'd think they'd bring some on with them. Yeah, but well, they don't. Jadzia will find next the next episode that there are worse things than not having a view screen, such as not... Not having a hole in your body. Mm. <laughs> Spoilers. Actually, no, I think she gets the hole in this one. Does she? Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, at least it stopped her bitching about no, the lack doesn't. of view screen. Oh, it is the next one? It is the yeah, next no, one. Yeah, no, right. they, they, they make it out safely in this one. Right, yeah, the cliffhanger right. at the end of this one is, oh, no, the ship won't get us anywhere for 17 years. But, um... Yeah. They, they understandably blur together a little. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be all one plot for the next couple of episodes. So, like, I know, like, the writing process was chaos. Because mm-hmm. they had to split it up between their writers, but it meant they all had to constantly be in communication with each other. 
Right. Which I guess is just how people do them do series now because they're so serialized. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it also seems like similar to a, a, a serialized show from today, not every, you know, episodes tend to focus on different things. Um, you know, and and I guess this one, since it was sort of the intro, we kind of got caught up with everybody. Yeah. And we saw what was happening on DS9. We saw what was happening with Worf. And we, and, you know, the main plot here was the ship plot. But I do feel like, you know, we'll, we'll see in the next episode, they don't touch base at all with Worf. Uh, and it's mostly split between what we're doing with um, you know, DS9 people and the people on, on the ship. So, like, the thing that struck me immediately about, I mean, I guess these two episodes in general, but, uh, you know, we're already, you know, the war's been on three months, and we're already getting into let's sell out our philosophy territory from Starfleet. Because, like, the whole plan is, hey, guys, let's genocide the Jem'Hadar. Because, like, without White, they die. And they die horribly. They die bad. They take out anyone around them when they die. Yeah, and then each other, as we find out in the next one. Like, and everyone's just really casual. Like, not one person goes, oh, this is sort of fucked up. Well, see, I don't know, though, because, honestly... I think the expectation would be in a normal war that if you took out your enemies, like one of the, what you want to do in a war is disable your enemy's supply lines, which this is effectively doing. You'd expect them to pull back though. The thing was the thing with the Jim Hadar and the Dominion in general is there's nowhere for them to pull back to because the wormhole is covered in bombs. Right. So yeah. I think the idea would be that you force a surrender. So they basically say, okay, well, Fuck, we have no Ketracel White, our soldiers can't fight on without it, and we can't retreat to the wormhole and get more, so we have no fucking choice but to surrender at this point. Yeah, but then the, the Gemini will still die. Yeah. Well, or, no, they surrender, then you open the wormhole and say, okay, go back through the wormhole. Is it possible? Like, how will they open forever. the wormhole? Can Federation take the bombs out? Because I know the Dominion is having yeah, all I'm the sure, trouble. I'm with sure it. O'Brien has the fucking password to shut him down. Oh, maybe. Know? That's a good point. I was just thinking that too. Like they just have a big space, like a vacuum, because they're cloaked. <laughs> suck them up with. They're cloaked, and they automatically replicate whenever you try to take them apart. So they're there's they're this magical device that kills everybody if you try to do anything to it. I was yeah, thinking I- about that too. It feels like the easiest solution would be like, surely if enough of them go off at once, they can't possibly manage so like just tractor in a bunch of debris and some asteroids and just fling them all at the minefield at once and i bet your problem solved yeah maybe i don't know i guess the the issue is they don't necessarily know where all the mines are that's true because they're yeah okay Mm. you know if they all you know the other thing too is like the, like how close you have to be to a mine for it to detonate. Yeah, that is also unclear. Yeah, and then once it detonates, a couple more spring up from the self-replicating thing. Yeah, okay, that that does, all right, that, that makes it make a lot more sense. Thank See, you, what Jay. I think would have been good, though, is if instead of only self-replicating to replace exploded mines, that they programmed them to just self-replicate all the time so that the... 
Sounds eventually, like the blob. Uh, ex- eventually, the entire quadrant would be filled with. Let's say, yeah, you just you just gray gooed yourself some mines. <laughs> <laughs> that was the greatest laugh of all times, Ames. Yes, I'm glad. Well, because where, did they, where did they get the material to self replicate? They must just have it inside of them. That doesn't make any sense. They have little Boussard collectors. Oh, unless it's subspace, where Odo shunts part of himself. So all these things are made of parts of Odo that aren't aren't currently in use. That that works for me. Don't ask too many questions. I mean, I guess, so, you know, from from a quantum physics perspective, all matter is just energy. So maybe they're solar powered. I don't know. If, if, or if you think about this too much, it'll fall apart. O'Brien personally took a massive dump in each mine, and it's made from his poo. Gross. It'll Which is actually the poo. densest material on Earth, considering the amount of shepherd's pie he eats. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> it's like uh, Nibbler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's pie. you know one. What is it? One. One, one pound, pound of which can weigh ten thousand pounds or something. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that Niffler? No, no nibbler. nibbler. Oh my god, no. Niffler is a fucking Harry Potter thing. Yes, I'm sorry, I'll see myself. It's a little mole that likes gold. Wizarding! Um, You're a wizard, Harry! But yeah, like you were saying, Jake, that's the thing. It's it's When you cut off the supply lines in war here, it's like you know, you're forced to surrender and these people go. It's like, alright, here's a fucking sandwich. Now go home. The Federation can't say, alright, here's some Catracel White so your men don't die. Well, yeah, yeah. but they could do what... Uh, I, I know that it's the next episode, but didn't it's all they... one big episode at this point? Well, so but it sort of sounds like they could theoretically like um, knock them out. Oh put, yeah, put them into hibernation and until they can get them more of the Un- of until the, O'Brien of the takes down the minefield. I mean, see, here's the thing: is, uh, is Cisco... takes, when you say takes down the minefield, do you mean sh- shits out that shepherd pie? Uh... <laughs> yes, that's exactly okay. what I mean. Right, but see, good. it's one thing to make that offer to nine Gem Hadar. It's another to make the offer to however many God knows how many Gem Hadar there are in the Alpha Quadrant right now. You don't know, unless of course, because they did mention it's their main production facility in the Alpha Quadrant. Maybe they have a backup in the Beta. We don't know. We yeah, I don't, don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I guess there's there is some question there though of of Federation ideals, but at the same time, I don't really give a fuck because yeah. These guys are, they just, they're, they're fucking killing machines. They are, but also the, the couple of them that we've met as individuals all end up being very interesting as, as yeah. kind of yeah. quasi people. And we'll talk about this more in Rocks and Shoals, obviously. But yes, again, we will. you know, one big episode right now. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, no, like, remember, they're also, you know, they mentioned how many people, how many ships of the Seventh Fleet survive yeah it's 14 of of 112 by the way yeah it's a lot yeah this is a bad war we can't keep going like this yeah no no shit like literally you can't not even a little bit no which and again like we were talking about last week this is already you know after the devastation suffered in the events of first contact so you know not yeah. not a good time. It reminds me a lot, like the current state of the Federation reminds me of a fair amount of the alternate Federation in yesterday's Enterprise. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I like yeah. that. You know, where it was like, yeah, this war is going terribly. Um, yeah. And like, just all 
uh, all shit, it, how, shit is hitting the fan constantly. How many yards do we have to throw at this to make it work? Right. <laughs> I mean, not Seska. Sela. Sela's out there somewhere. Yeah. Who the fuck is Seska? I don't know. Seska's in Voyager. Hope, oh, okay. Hope wherever she is, she's drinking a fresco. Oh ah. my god! Holy oh my god. shit! Okay. Somebody, wait, somebody wait. draw Seska on a fresca. Jake's having an epiphany. What's up, Jake? Holy shit! Okay. Oh no. We Hit are a- we are actually in an alternate. We are actually in an alternate yesterday's Enterprise universe because there's another universe where Jake Cisco didn't sever the link with um with uh Ben Cisco in the future, you know, in old Jake Cisco from the Visitor. That was the prime universe where Ben Cisco is stuck in subspace. Mm. This is this is the alternate yesterday's Enterprise universe from, you know, oh, from fun. that event. Yeah, cuz we know in the Visitor if that if that timeline had been the right one then we would have just seen they would have just abandoned the station and been done yeah this one they abandoned the station but want to come back because Cisco left his ball there damn it the defiant survives for you know 30 years or whatever and nog's a captain and jadzia's there oh too soon actually not soon enough not Mm. Yeah. Timelines. Yep. But uh point is we actually we are now we are in the darkest timeline. Great. No, that sounds right. It's very dark. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean everyone is just morale is shot to hell. Uh everyone's grumpy. I don't know. Garrick was super super happy to see Bashir. It was very cute. I I put a little heart in my notes. Well, yes, Garrick is, like, trying desperately to, like, you know, light a little flirty fire, but Bashir's all, Bashir's all, like... always do that? I don't know. Bashir's always, like, is, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in a poopy mood. And ever I mean, ever kinda, since people knew that I was augmented, I've been in a mood. Yeah. Garrick I mean, kind of gets a break. A, he's at least 33 by now, so... <laughs> Just, I feel like I made a similar made, joke. Yes, I, you did. Because he talks about him like not being so young anymore. I was like, oh, was, is he 31 uh, now? Smile's not as boyish. But uh, oh. but uh, to, to be fair, also, he was like literally a prisoner of the Jem Hadar or whoever That's until right, yeah. very recently. So if I was him, I'd be in a pretty poopy mood myself. I know. The other reunion we see is uh, Jadzia gets to see Worf again for the first time in 30 years. Oh, oh my yeah. God, and she leaps into his arms. That yeah. catch was fucking brilliant. I didn't care. For, I didn't care for it because it was like, it, this doesn't seem like Jadzia. Maybe it's because she's just so overwhelmed with emotion, but usually no, no, no. she's horniness. the adult in the room. Yeah, she's overwhelmed the, with horniness. What she's like, said. hurry up and break one of my ribs. Oh, yeah. Cisco knows. When they oh, leave, yeah. he says, try not to break any bones. And Jadzia gives us a little, like, winky wave, like, mm-hmm, I know what you mean. I'm getting my bones broken. Yeah, no, Bye. like, that, that was not, that was not emotion. That was come here and fuck me in both holes at once. Yeah, Gross. this is, this is going to be the, the most time. Oh, no! No, no, no. That's, that's, we don't oh, need I that. Oh, I hate everything I now. I wonder if they do that. I wonder if they, I wonder if there's, like, pouch no. play. No, no, they do not. They do absolutely not. Wow, this is the line for you. Interesting. That's very interesting. Because it's like when, okay, to me it's like the equivalent of when people like make jokes about like, oh yeah, if you're like have sex when you're pregnant, you're like 
knocking on your kid's head. It's like the same thing, except the fucking symbiont is completely sentient. So if yeah, the symbiont your... wants wants some too. It's a threesome. Does the does the the symbiont actually jerks you off from inside the pouch? <laughs> All right, uh, never mind. I'm back on board. Actually, when you think about it, <laughs> if oh, a symbiont no. has had enough previous lives, sex with a symbiont is always an orgy. Need, need, well, needless to say, the 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 walls of regular one haven't been this splattered since Khan was there. So, <laughs> <laughs> are we back at regular one? It's same yeah. class oh, of it. station, yeah. Yeah, I feel like you pointed that out as well. I did. Sorry, yeah. excuse Town me. Town. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Carrying on. I'm going to switch tracks, because I want to talk more about what's happening over on Terok Nor, mm. which is all very fascinating. The most interesting of which is, like, the dick measuring contest between Weyun and Dukat, who mm. you can tell can't fucking stand each other. Yeah, no, it's terrific. Well, because Dukat is, like, just waiting for his chance to completely fuck the Dominion over, and Wayun knows it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Also, Wayun doesn't have a dick. I don't think. They're clones. But we have seen women. I think they're probably infertile, but they probably still have the bits and bobs. Yeah, mm. it's it's never, I don't know if it's ever established if also they do any, anything Sex. with any genitalia-related activities. Well, because Zial, well, so, but they like everything else that Zial suggested they might like, so. True. Mm. Like, yeah, we, we know they like to, to see, gamble and eat, but. We get to see Quark, you know, with all the Jem'Hadar that, have, that are just in the bar now, not doing anything, not buying anything. <laughs> and my first thought space. was, wouldn't they fucking love battle programs in the holodeck? That's what Chris said. And I said, no, because there was this whole thing where, I don't remember if it was Worf or Martok or both, but they were basically like, oh no, you know what? It was during that episode yeah, where Martok's the Clinton. captain, but they're talking about how like the Jem'Hadar like totally suck because they don't, they don't do battle because they love it or because they have bloodlust. They do it because they're ordered to. Oh, so I'm willing point. to bet they really wouldn't. They yeah. would just be like, nah. There are yeah, no things that That, that, that might have just been a Klingon perspective because we have seen how Jem'Hadar actually do have bloodlust well they you know, train but, yeah but they're also like uh you know i've always wanted to meet a klingon and yeah you know, but i mean I, I could see them fight i could see them finding like hollow programs kind of pointless yeah that's unless true. the that, vorda told them to they wouldn't right do that's what i think okay like you know like maybe in their youth they use them for training but at, at once they're officially soldiers it's like I don't want a fucking game. I want real blood. I feel like in their youth, they probably just make them like fight each other. I feel like it's very Spartan. Mm, yeah. Honestly, like. Like the uh, the, the the guys from uh, Game of Thrones, the. Uh... Dothraki? No, the. No, uh, the, you're talking the, about the, the slave uh... soldiers. I can't write. I want to keep calling them unmentionables, but that's not what they're called. That's what unsullied. Call the unsullied. The unsullied. Are they also eunuchs? Yeah, they're eunuchs. They've been snipped. I thought it was very interesting between these two episodes seeing on Deep Space Nine, and I happened to, like, you, you, on, oh, sorry, Tarek Noor, seeing all the Cardassians and Jem'Hadar wandering around, because they have the same color scheme. Yeah. They have gray, scaly faces and black, slicky hair. Yep. Well, Jem'Hadars du- are a little, like, bluer gray. Yeah. And they're and very they're, close, though. Yeah, they they're, they're also, like, crocodile-y. They got, they got more pointy bits. But from a distance, you just start seeing 
gray and black gray, yeah. everywhere. Mm. But and there's one pointy out. bit they don't have, and Gold Ducat wants to show his to a certain Bajoran major. Ugh. He does. Uh, oh, Ducat. And it's so gross. It's very gross. Like, I very, was like, this is both... Him. This is both really hot and really disgusting. And I was like, that's probably what Kira's thinking. Why yeah. do I want to have sex with space Hitler? And I was like, I no, don't. she does not. No, I know she doesn't. She does not want but to. But she admits, Ducat like, he is level. such a charming man. He says, Do you think your char-, she says, Do you think your charms are gonna work on me? Because he just has. He just oozes charm the same way Odo just oozes. Yeah, but it's <laughs> but again, it's it's I think we've said this before, it's used car salesman charm. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 only it's very thin. Well, I'd let him kick my tires, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> His hair um, looked like crap this episode. Oh, I hate it. Yeah, we it. both noticed. He looks like you weird. said it. He looks like a founding father. Yeah, he looked like George Washington oh, at one point. Yeah, the, there was something wrong with the wig. I don't know what it was. Somewhere between seasons, the wig got stomped on or got pushy <laughs> well i feel like i noticed the gem hadar's hair more this time than before too so i'm wondering if sixth season is just the hairy season for some reason <laughs> well they they always vary up the gem hadar hair well so. i've literally never noticed until today that they have black hair never have i noticed. that is not true because no? on a previous episode you said i've never noticed before that they have black hair <laughs> did i really <laughs> yep that's funny jesus well I've only noticed twice. Then, <laughs> presumably, and, yeah, not- and next week, let's see. Put place your bets, kids. Will I say it again next week? <laughs> and not all of them. I think some of them. I think shave it because some don't have any hair. But yeah, and some of them just have like the one braid thing. Thing, going. yeah. Again, like, why do Jem Hadar have hair? Jem Hadar and built. Cardassians. They were built by the founders. But why? Well, well, the founders guessing. are terrible at hair. Ask Odo. <laughs> like, I'm guessing that the founders didn't build them from scratch. They probably took, like... The task? Yeah. They probably, like, got some crocodiles and were like, ah, oh, we'll start from here and, you know, mix things up. I was thinking for a while, as I was also watching all the, the folks, well, like, wandering around the station, thinking, hmm, you don't see any changelings walking around. But you probably do. Yeah. They're probably just something. There's probably oh, they're yeah. probably everywhere, and you know, yeah. they're just you know uh, disguised as people and things and rats and what have you. <laughs> Certainly, being everywhere is their claim. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and like they're they're sitting there, they're watching Wei Yun get all wet for Odo, and they're like, "Ooh, <laughs> I wish I could, I wish I could drop my my guard and get get a get a Wei Yun blowjob." <laughs> I don't Yikes. think the changelings are into that. We don't know. That's true. They like the link. They, yeah, that's that's all they they're looking Two for. Two in the pink, one in one the in link. One in the link. <laughs> okay, You're right, I think I love it. That that is a common thread among the Dominion. Bad hair, mm. founders, Vorta, Jemhadar, and now the terrible Cardassians. hair. <laughs> yeah, or I'm at hoping least they clean it Gal up. Galdicott with his I fucking think... horrible Ben Franklin wig. Yeah, I think they'll clean it up. They fucking better. Yeah, okay. I mean, they might have just been trying something new, like how, what was it, start of season three or four, they put Jadzia's hair up, and then they were like, eh, never mind. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's just meant to show how busy he's being kept. Like, he Don't hasn't been able to. Yeah. Where's Mott? The Enterprise? Dead. Probably dead. Oh, yeah. shit. Killed by the Dominion. No, actually, um... Do we see him again? R.I.P. Mott. No, uh, 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 spoilers, I guess, for Picard. 
We see a sign for a Mott's barber shop at one point. Oh, yeah, that's true. He franchises. Oh, okay, yep. okay. That's because, you know, Star Trek Picard is a complete fan service nightmare. <laughs> and what's he again? A bullion? Yes. Yeah. Nice. Good for me. Um, Because we also see, like, Quark's Casino on fucking gambling planet anyway mm. that's enough picard for one day yes Aww. i can rage about this in a couple of years speaking of armin shimmerman yeah uh i Always. found his discussion about you know comparing the types of occupation pretty interesting oh yeah that was a good talk it was and i think you know it maybe explains to an extent why he was less gougy during the last occupation than he could have been because, like, there was a sense that it wasn't just to, like, remind Kira that there is a little bit of trauma there from what he even just experienced as a bystander. You know, it's, it seems to be something that has haunted him to an extent. I wonder if we'll see more of that. Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. I feel like this show just kind of forgets shit and moves on. True. Although but, they are, they have, like, fully, fully embraced the... Julian is, a, is an augment, and Garrick likes to give him shit about it. Yeah. But, like, to a really annoying extent. Like, it came up, like, four times this episode. It's like, okay, we get it. Thank you. One reminder would have been sufficient. Well, what it was is there was the very heavy-handed reminder, and then... Several more. And then him showing off. Which is why they but did the heavy-handed reminder. But you only needed the one. You just needed him doing the calculations, everyone looking at him and being like... What? I'm augmented. And then we're going, ah, ah, and then moving on instead that's of fair. being like, let's, sh I mean, not like literally, that's bad writing, but like, it didn't <laughs> need to, we didn't need to, I will, I, sh I will not tell lies it to death, is all I'm saying. Mm. Well, I also, though, in context of 90s television and how 90s television worked, and the fact that it would now have been months since that episode aired and it wasn't yeah. really discussed regularly outside of that episode i don't even know if it was up, ever brought up outside yeah of that it's episode. it's come up at least at least once since mostly in a darts game oh um, that's right the darts but you know so i can see you know where this is the season premiere uh people and, have been gone for a while yeah and we haven't really talked about it a lot that they kind of did maybe have to at least drop a little extra to be like you know like that scene with garrick at the beginning probably would have been enough yeah, yeah that's what I mean. It's just, it's a little bit overkill is all. I agree with you, though, especially because the internet wasn't quite there yet, right? Yeah. Yeah. I also think what? we're going to see a lot more of Julian, like, dropping the the act of being not so informed of things. I think he's going to yeah. be, like, m way more of, a, of an adult character from now he's, on. I mean, he's, he's he is, like, 35 now, so. Yeah. He's actually planning to go back to, to night school at, at Starfleet Academy just so he can be valedictorian. Uh, <laughs> nice. Oh, speaking of Julian, I bet you he's feeling really good right now about not having cured the Ketrasol White Dependence in, was it Hippocratic Oath? Mm. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. If he'd done that, then... Uh, then they'd be both. Well, who knows? It might have been... Because the whole point of that was that without the Dependence, the Jem'Hadar would not have any reason to fight anymore. Yeah, they just yeah. kill all their Vorta masters and be like, freedom! Yeah, which, you know, seems like something that they would completely do. Hmm. And, and then it's just like, well, now what do we do? And the and the uh, Vorta reinstate the NFL. What? I don't know, it's like, what are they going to do if they can't just go around murdering? I feel like they'd really like American football. Uh, 
Okay. Maybe we could just have them play baseball instead. Nope, that's a dead sport. No more baseball. <laughs> could they play, they play baseball in France while learning French? That yep. famously dead language. In France, it's called le baseball. I want to see little a, known facts. I want to see a Jem Hadar being a snooty French waiter now. Yikes. But in blue, like a crocodile with mm. bad black hair. Oh, and of course, uh, Jake is journalisting. Poorly. Yeah. yeah. Although I did like that scene between him and, and Wayun. Yeah. Well, Wayun is always great, so. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like, I, you know, Wayun's character and just how much of a piece of shit he is, but also at the same time trying to be friend to everybody. Yep. You know, it's, and it's, it's, I'm wondering like how genuine he actually is. Uh, Cause it's entirely plausible to me that he is a hundred percent genuine in everything he says and that nothing that he's doing is, is deliberately backhanded. But at the same time, I don't know that I trust that. And like yeah, the, the reason I say that is because like, regard. you know, he does actually seem to take, the Bajoran um, non-aggression pact very seriously. Yeah. When like stops Ducat from killing them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like he could, you know, like Ducat's like, like just salivating to, to start the new uh, occupation. Oh yeah. But Wayun is like, no, but there's really no reason strategically not to. Well, they want to prove their word. They want to prove that when they, when they make a treaty, they they keep yeah. their word. And I think that goes back to you know the the Dominion are the heroes of their own story. You know? Yeah, they are. They actually do believe what they say, and that you know, oh, we're just bringing order to a chaotic galaxy, and you know, bringing well, peace. They're, they're like very much like kind of Borg esque, but without like stripping everybody of their culture. Yeah. Though speaking of him being like, no, we're not going to attack Bajor, Golducott said something to him like, you just like being the master of the Jem'Hadar. And I kind of wonder how true that is and how much him not giving Golducott, I mean, it's not an inch, is it? But like him being very like, no, 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 we're not going to do that, is him just trying to rein him in and sort of lord it over him as well. Mm. There was a moment we we see. I think it's Wayun that does some Ketrasol white distribution with his with his gem Hadar. Yep, and it it gave me like this really like communion kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely got that going on, and it's interesting because it's like this Wayun was a little less passive about it than the previous Wayun. Because the first way yeah. we met, he was very, he's like, they're like, it's time for the white and the ceremony. And he's like, oh, God, can't do you with the hey, 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 if I can go piss off, I'm having scrambled eggs. Mm. Um, this I time he takes it. I that, that was the first way you yep. met, because I was just thinking of that, but I forgot it was way but go on. Yeah, but this one, it takes it like a little more seriously. It feels more serious. Well, he's also probably comparatively younger and less jaded than the other way you. The yeah. other way you has probably done that ceremony a few, you know. Hundred thousand times, yeah, yeah. This by one's that point. only done it, you know, a few hundred times. Hmm. Yeah. It's sort of like being a notary public. I got so excited when I could t- <clears throat> take out my stamp and like use my seal. It's that pomp and circumstance, but it's because I only got to do it every once in a while. Once it, you have to do it all the time, I'm sure it's like Jesus Christ. I actually yeah. that is a weirdly good comparison because I knew a couple of people in my office who were notaries and have been doing it for years. And like, yeah, no, it definitely like. 
it stops feeling special at some point. Loses its shine. And you're just like, why do I still do this? Well, like, can you, you can stop? make 50 whole cents per signature. Yeah, you just uh, don't renew. Ah. Yeah, technically mine's gone by, sadly. And I should renew s- anyway. It's only if 60 If you still bucks. have the stamp, though, who's going to know? Well, it says the date that it expires on it. Oh. So everyone. <laughs> <laughs> everyone who sees this stamp. Literally everybody. We'll just backdate it all. No, it's so funny. Oh. The, the, Jake, Jake believes, or Jake Sisko. Jake Sisko believes in the freedom of the press. <laughs> what an idiot. Yeah. Well, yeah. but also, like, he's pressing a lot of, like, very American values, and it's like, but he's not... I mean... Well, I mean, we've always said, start... The Federation is... the uh, American vision of its best self. I mean, I guess so. Well, except for all the ways it sucks. Well, yeah. But, like... And DS9 like, begins to question that, but... I'm just saying, like, we haven't seen a constitution. I don't know that freedom of the press is, like, one of their... I would Because assume. aside yeah, from him, I don't... Is. But when do we even hear, really, a lot about the press? There hasn't been any, like... It's not Star apparent... Trek Generations. Well, it also sounds like his... Because he mentioned that he was a, uh, a correspondent with the Federation News Service, which does not sound anything like a propaganda outlet. Yeah, I was going to say, it just, he's just like, it's just propaganda, exactly. But that's but, what, I mean, in a way, though, that's like what Wei Yun is saying. He's like, listen, you want to write stories, go for ahead, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to send out your propaganda to, to make us look bad. But Jake's also like, but I'm not going to write your propaganda to make you look yeah. good. Yeah. And Joe mentions that there's a news wire of some kind in when? his call with Cisco. Yeah, but it's not the, it's not the news coming from... Jake or anyone on no. Tarak Nor, I'm yeah. sure. No, no, but that's what I mean, though. But there is some sort of, like, there is a concept of the press. Yeah. I wonder what everyone thinks is happening on Tarak Nor right now. I, I kind of wonder how many people give a shit about Tarak Nor, like, outside <laughs> of the, outside of well, the, the Federation. Well, I also wonder, you know? though, like, is, because we see, you know, obviously the station has a lot of Jem'Hadar and Cardassians on it, but, you know, I, I think we also see other aliens still hanging out. Yeah. It's not like the, it's not like the, 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 the station is shut down and so i presume that if you're just going to the station like i'm sure cassidy is still making her deliveries i want to see more cassidy god <laughs> damn it star trek so like may, maybe they could maybe ben could get cassidy to smuggle jake out well yeah, but, but jake he doesn't, doesn't want to go no yeah yeah he and wants like to honestly be, they uh... probably even if he did they probably wouldn't let him because he's such a high value prisoner yeah oh you know, he's hostage. not a prisoner. He's not, but he's he's not a prisoner. But he's until he is, is a prisoner. But he could right, be exactly, very yeah. quickly. Yeah. yeah, he's not <laughs> like, a prisoner until he's not it's a prisoner convenient. until they until Ducat or Wayun decide <sighs> they need leverage on Cisco. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, two two episodes or so from now, he might suddenly become a prisoner. I could see that happening mm. if this is uh, going where I think it's going. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. But yeah. you know, I have an but assumption. <laughs> I got to say though, like he's. Clearly, his journalistic, like, I understand that he's trying to apply Federation values to, to what he's doing. But in just like the questions that he's asking Wei Yun and, and in, the, in the next episode, he's going to, you know, be questioning uh, other people. Yeah. You know, that it, it strikes me that he is he doesn't quite recognize that he's not in Kansas anymore. Yeah. Um, like he really uh, if he were a journalist, like as a journalist, he should be more objective about things and you know, hey, just the the questions that he asks and the way that he asks them is very much putting a spin on it which i don't i understand why Wei Yun is 
shutting him down when he asks questions. We don't see Rom in either of these episodes, do we? Well, he's if as a good spy, you should I was going to say, maybe he's a better spy than I gave him credit for. See? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Jake's pretty green. This is like, what, his... Still one of his earliest assignments, really. Yeah. He's got to learn the ropes. But yeah. he probably learned pretty quick because his last one was supposed to be a puff piece and it turned into mash. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's true. The last thing I wanted to bring up was those VR headset things that act as view screens, but they they go into your brain or something. Yeah. And I Already made a note. redesigned. I made a note when we first saw the things. I'm like, wow, those things are going to be a huge strain on the eye. And the very next scene, <clears throat> Cisco's suffering from the worst fucking headache of his life. Yeah. Saying, oh, God damn this ship. Why didn't we install a view screen? <laughs> it's I mean, like, like me with 3D glasses for oh, films. Oh, God, I hate them. Me too. But honestly, though, why the fuck didn't they install a view screen? Or chairs. Fucking yeah. chairs. Did well, they, they probably didn't have time. We, they, they were like training on it for two weeks. Like, yeah, right, then they you just could didn't replicate have a chair chairs. and bolt know. it to the floor. I don't know. I have a reason they didn't install chairs, but that's for the next episode. Oh, okay. Why not a replicator then? Yeah. That makes no fucking that's sense. That's stupid because, like, it's not like they're not able to be installed in new, in other things. We see them all over the fucking place. Well, also, Listen. I'm assuming, like, maybe I'm making an assumption based, but we see in the next episode that we're going to talk about, we see that there's a crew of at least 13, right? Because there were 10 Jem'Hadar. In the next episode, there was one Vorta and there are two dead Jem'Hadar, the first and the second. At, at least, least two dead Jem'Hadar. At least two dead Jem'Hadar. So we know that the, that the ship can support a crew of at least 13, <laughs> assuming it's the same ship that they crashed in. The same Yet style this, ship? This ship here has a crew of, well, we got Cisco, Dax. Uh, O'Brien. O'Brien. Nog. Nog, Garrick. And like three randos? Two at least randos. Two. Yeah, we unless some unless unless people die in the Julian? crash. Oh yeah, Julian. So there should be enough room on that ship for some, you know, a bio bed or something, you know. Yeah. Speaking either of either that, either that or the Gemhadar are just packed in like sardines, mm. which, oh, is, which, also, which is plausible. They sleep standing up, or they don't sleep at all. I don't even fucking know. Yeah, I don't know that they sleep. I think they just get their white and go on. Well, Klingons aren't big on having doctors on ships, right? Maybe. No, no, they they have doctors. They're just shitty doctors. Oh, I thought that they wouldn't because well, if, yeah, but if you can die, it's better to die or something. Well, Martok mentions how yeah he 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 want like he hurt his arm and he he'd rather have ju- like he even said Klingons make good warriors but shitty doctors. Yeah, huh. you know who makes I the just, best doctors? Vulcans, according I, to Zek, asshole. I just kind of wonder about that though, because I feel like I feel like we've been told before that they don't usually have doctors on those ships. They I'm must. Curious. I mean, they must at least have me- like if they don't have like a full C- you know CMO type person, they at least have people that have medical training. Yeah, like I mean, because you've got to at least deal with the small non-fatal injuries, so they don't you know get sepsis. That said, Is having seen the crew a- of the Rotaran, I understand why Martok <laughs> didn't want them to fix his arm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I guess I was just wondering if if Klingons aren't big or yeah, 
I was I if I had been correct that they didn't have doctors, then I was wondering like maybe if the Jem'Hadar also don't because I kind of feel the like Jem'Hadar definitely don't. Yeah, they just kill each other if they're. But if they're I was gonna say that makes sense though because it means more white for everybody and like yeah. less waste of resources. Mm. It's like yeah. shooting a wounded horse, you're like, eh, fuck this horse, not worth yeah, not worth caring for. Yeah, I can understand that. Like, a, a, a an injured an injured person is not a fighting person, and they're just a drain on the rest of the the crew well and honestly a wounded horse would have more value because you might be able to stud it but i think that also kind of goes back to what the state you know the comment that the klingon made in the retiron episode about a klingon made yeah the the klingon (laughs) who made the comment about the difference between like why the why the jemhadar are better than the klingons Mm. yeah it's because the klingons they would like go back and save their fallen comrade if they could Whereas you mean white Klingons are better than Jem'Hadar? No, no. Remember, there was the guy who was like, the the Jem they'll beat us because they're better than us because they don't they don't they don't have you know they, they don't, don't give, give a, a shit fuck. about anything. They just want to fight. Um, okay, it's not even that they want to; they're told to. Yeah. yeah, they were they were specifically created to be these fighting things that take their orders from Vorda. Speaking, Speaking of, of doing that kind of a thing, we're going to talk about season five's the ship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's my running gag. It's my running gag for this whole episode. I'm fucking hilarious. All right, we're gonna talk so, rocks and so drills. So two more weeks of this is what you're saying. A lot of this. <laughs> uh, all right, so rocks and shoals. Uh, when we last saw our Starfleet heroes that we were, you know, just talking about in the previous episode, they're stranded in space without warp. But all of that is moot anyway because we run into some Gem Hadar and they bring the ship, the episode from season five, uh, back from whence it came. Crash landed on a planet somewhere. <laughs> Whoops. Jadzia has injured the fuck out of herself and her trill in a way that the writers wrote in to get Harry Farrell out of most scenes, which we'll talk about in a bit. And as we're, we're checking out this planet that we've crashed on, we send Nog and Garrick, who are very cute together, because mm. after after their whole thingy in, oh God, the Kotra episode. Empoknor, yeah. The, epi- the episode with all the Kotra playing. They have all this very interesting backstory together, and they go out in search of snacks, but they get captured by some Jem'Hadar, who have also crash-landed on the, epi- on the, on the episode. God damn it. Womp Crash-landed on the planet, and also injured their version of Jadzia, who happens to be their Vorda, Ivan. So the plan is, they're going to trade Garrick and Nog for Sisko and Bashir. Great trade, guys. Mm. You're gonna win this. Because Kivan needs to get doctored hard. And everyone says, yeah, let's do this. This is a great idea. We're, we kind of like the Jem'Hadar third Ramada clan because we've seen him as some other characters before. So we're going to go along with this. So we do that. We heal up Kivan. Kivan reveals that he's only got like a fucking teaspoon of Ketracel White left. And all of his Jem'Hadar are soon going to go through withdrawal. Kill him. Kill everyone. Kill themselves. Just death, death everywhere. And he doesn't want that to happen. Cisco doesn't bother telling them that they had 83 barrels of the stuff on their ship that crashed yeah. into the lake. I and mean, it's also, yeah. but it's, it's, they say it's like 500 meters. Under- I yeah. bet that Jem'Hadar can swim that. I bet they can do it. Especially as they're going through withdrawal. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was going to say, and I bet some of them would be willing to die trying. Yeah, they're going to die anyway. That's Why what I'm not saying. Why not try? 
I agree. That's I agree with you. That's what I'm saying. But that doesn't come up at all because Kivon's plan of why don't you just kill everyone sounds way more Cisco's style. And after an I'm sorry we have to kill everyone speech that they had with Ramada Klan, whom I liked a lot. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what Cisco does. In the B plot, Kiro has settled into life on the station occupied by the Dominion and Cardassians. Because at this point, she's just used to it. It's in her nature, like, oh, this is just my life. This is how things go. But then Vedic Yasim comes along and says, I don't think Bajoran should stand for this. And adds her name to the to the number of Bajoran priests who have hanged themselves from the promenade. Yep. A lot of them do this. Jesus. And Kira uh, realizes. Two. We've seen two. That's still more than any other way that we've seen Bajorans die. It's a very popular hanging spot. It is. Yeah, so Kira realizes, oh my prophets, what have <laughs> I done with my life? I want to go back to being in the resistance, so I will. End of episode. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I, for one, am glad, because I don't know about this. Well, see, the thing is, it's like, I love Kira, but... She definitely doesn't have the temperament to play the game that Cisco was asking her to play. What was that game? Well, Cultural? <laughs> basically, just to, like, keep the peace, I'll be back, and fix it. Pasta la vista. That's a lot uh, of things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know, because she is. Like, Watch my ball. Like, I think, you know, they, I really enjoyed how they started, you know, kind of started her arc by showing her routine, you know, getting yeah. up in the morning. Look in the she mirror. She gets on the elevator with the, with the Jem'Hadar. Gray people. <laughs> you know, she's got a, she's got a, a Cardassian friend that brings her coffee. Like, like they make, they, they show how it's kind of normalized for her. And then they, sh- they repeat that sequence later after the hanging. Yeah. To contrast it. And it's, you know, that's, I think where you see that turning point. Yeah. That, yeah. She's perfectly fine to get on with it and play the game until she realizes the stakes. That's what I mean, though. I think, like, that's, that's what proves she's actually not able to play that game, is, like, the minute it sort of calls into question how she feels about herself and how things should be. No, I'm not saying that's a, that's a failing of hers. It's just she wasn't necessarily the right person for this job, because for her... Direct action is the only action. Mm. Who mm. is the right person for this job? Is there such a person? Odo. Odo. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Odo. Odo's in the Odo's in the super secret club now, and hopefully yeah. that will all go well. But even he's now like, all right, let's go do it your way because I've got a boner for you. Well, I also, you know, I also the way that Odo t- kind of tries to talk her out of it, you know. I, I'm I'm losing a lot of respect for Odo, dude. At the end of the day, he's a cop, and you know mm. what we say about cops. That's true. He's I mean he's he's not just a cop, but like he's he is a collaborator, and like he just he has no convictions of his own. Just like just like his, you know his physical form is is so malleable. His allegiances are incredible. That's good, malleable. Jake. Good that job. Is well put. I Jake. like it. Um, I do like the metaphor, but I don't know. I think I think Odo has convictions. I think he's just. Again, he's better suited at playing this kind of... It's not he's, quite a double agent role, but it's a... He's going to do what he thinks is just, which isn't what 
isn't necessarily what Cisco thinks is just, isn't necessarily what the Cardassians think is just, and isn't necessarily what Kira thinks is just. I think that's a good way to put it. It isn't that he doesn't have his own his own feelings. It's just that he has his very much his own feelings. Like, he mm. has a moral code. It just doesn't necessarily align with anybody well, else's. I also think, though, that, you know, he just wants to get his pole wet, you know? And, like, that's, at the end, when he decides to go along with Kira, it's because it's Kira that asked him. Yeah. I would also agree with that. Well, I think he's also, maybe it's like he's not necessarily good at being nefarious, as evidenced by the whole, like, oh, God, which... It, Oh, God, it's confusing. But the last episode, I guess, she was like, you know, she was like, I feel like we're being used. Like, wait, I thought we were using them. Isn't this a victory? And she's like, uh, maybe. So, like. Hey, let me get back to you on that. Yeah. One it's plus two it, plus one. Like, I mean, I just think Kira's being a bit hard on herself because it's a game she doesn't know how to play. Like, she's not really a proper collaborator. Mm. You know, she's not. Well, she specifically says inaction is the same as violence. Yeah. Right. Which, I mean, I think, again, is true for someone who isn't. She's not willingly being inactive. You know, this is again, it was like she was told just the th this the thing you need to do this time to keep Bajor safe is to just. Keep these guys from attacking it. And that's not like, again, I, I just think like. I feel like there's a difference between a proper collaborator and what she's doing. Yeah, I also she's do just think being that, complacent. Yeah, really. I think it's more complacency, yeah. and I think that she, I think it's a bit of naivete on her part too, and that she thinks that okay, or like maybe maybe she just bought into what Cisco said that okay, as long as the gem or as long as the gem Hadar aren't marching on Bajoran cities, everything's okay. Right. And then it takes, you know, the, the Vedic and the Vedic being like, yeah, no, evil must be opposed for her to realize, like, no, like, it's not an either or. It's not, you know, it, we it, we don't have to literally have troops in cities for this to be wrong. Oh, yeah. that's just, right. The, just, the additional struggle that we're having right now is because the Dominion is kind of overseeing Bajor or at least not letting Federation people come to Bajor. Bajor is like what going through a food shortage or something? Something like that. Yeah, and they're some sending some kind of shortage. And they're sending some sort of like Vorta conference presence. of Vorta, yeah. which sounds like the world's shittiest conference by the way. <laughs> it really does. Well, it sounds yeah, it sounds like some And I've been to financial aid conferences. Ooh, and, oh god, what a awful sounding conference. It is. I it's hope really you get lots of swag at least. So eh. many pens and tote bags. Actually, I will say this to all of you that would never have suspected this from some of the most buttoned-up people you ever met at your college. Financial aid staff love heavy drinking and partying. Mm. That doesn't surprise me. So yeah, so you know we're talking who, uh, about... You know who would have... Uh, who would You know, if they're having a food shortage on Bezier, you know who would really be good to help with that? Oh, you know, the flaky uh, people. The, the flaky people. Yep. The Screens. Yep. Who, uh, who they themselves... Wasn't their planet... Also wiped out by the Dominion, though? Maybe? Was it Isn't the Dominion? That, I, I think it was before it was really established what the Dominion was. But it was implied, I think, that the Dominion was responsible Maybe. for... Maybe. Yeah, I feel like it was they, in those... They, they were in the Dominion, and they defied the Dominion, and so the Dominion destroyed them to take revenge. Yeah, I feel like it was those early days where, like... We had heard the name now, but the details were still few and far between, and we hadn't like yet met the Vorta and the Jem'Hadar and all that. 
Yeah, it's the yeah. kind of thing wherever they say Dominion, you hear in the background somewhere go someone going, Bana. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is also like Bajor is in a very precarious position right now. Oh goodness. They have yes. this non-aggression pact with the Dominion that is saving their lives at the moment, because otherwise yeah. they would be mowed the fuck down. Oh god, They'd no be time gone flat. in half a second flat. So they they kind of in a way I don't want to say they asked for this because that's the wrong way to put it. But they're they're here in a way that they can't. There isn't a better opportunity for them at the moment. Well, no, they're doing again. Like the planet is even doing what Cisco asked them to. He told them to sign the non-aggression pact mm -hmm. to buy time. So um, what else are they supposed to do? Yeah, it's it's hard. It's it's this is more complicated than I think the Cardassian situation was. Yeah. Is really what it comes down to is because, like, the resistance back in the day was between them and the Cardassians, and that was it. And the Cardassians were specifically at war with them, killing yeah. them. Whereas this is, they're at the mouth of the wormhole. The Alpha Quadrant has fallen into fucking a massive war, and they're uninvolved right now. But it's a very delicate balance, and they would, like you said, like, yeah, the minute they piss off the Dominion, Wei Yun gets to tell Dukat, go to just turn to Dukat and go, do whatever. <laughs> and it's like, like, is that, ugh, it's complicated, you know? There's no good way to do it. And there's no, but I think, again, I think Kira's looking at it more through the lens of the original occupation, which is a such a different situation. Yeah, like right now, the thing that the Bajoran should be doing is waiting it out. And the problem with waiting it out is right now they're they're without enough food to survive, so they have to yeah. rely on the Vorda, who they don't want to rely on. Yeah. Right. It's right. And, and waiting things out, I think, is in general, not just Kira, not really in the Bajoran character. No, that's true. Yeah. Well, the it, other thing, too, I think, is that the longer this goes on, the greater the chance that they figure out a way to take down the minefield. Yeah. Mm. yeah. True. Uh, mm. and that's And that's going to be... Like, if that happens, that's probably game over. Yeah. Well, that's why you're waiting for the Federation to fucking do something. Yeah. But, they're, but they've been having their asses handed them. I wrote a note, actually. Here's my good note from the first episode <coughs> I didn't read. Damn, the Federation is getting more pounded than Jadzia. Hey. Ah. Ah. But honestly, like, it, it does seem that they made a real strategic error when they decided to attack the shipyard instead of defending Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Because... Like, if you think about it, if they had if they had defended Deep Space Nine and managed to fend off the Dominion attack, which seems pretty likely, given that with, you know, two ships and the station, uh, and a the couple station, of runabouts, they pretty, they pretty much managed to fend off the attack and like they fended off a first wave completely on their own. Yeah. Um. So it doesn't seem like it would be a stretch that a few more ships could have defended it completely. But now, because like now we're in a much worse position because, you know, Wayun and Dukat can just take their time yep. taking down that wormhole uh, minefield. I think the Federation thought, well, if we have the minefield and if we take out their shipyards, then it'll only be a matter of, you know, attrition before we'll, we'll you know, make it so that they can't fight anymore. Yeah. Now we've got their Ketrasil White facility. Yeah. Well, I think that was like the last ditch effort. You know, it's like, hmm. okay, well. Clearly, they had a lot more ships than we thought, and uh, 
it's Starfleet, taking a lot longer. <laughs> Starfleet's bad at war. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, incidentally, the Klingons are seem to be pretty bad at it, too. Yikes. Like they're getting their asses kicked as, just as bad as the Federation. Yeah. Although, yeah. in their defense, they also just went from one war to the next. True. They were already at war with the Cardassians. Right. Yeah, apparently it's how I event, evidently play Risk, where it's like, I just always attack, right? No. Oh, yeah. No. We played, we played I lost Risk. I haven't played Risk in years, and, and Ames had never played Risk. Ah. So we, we, we played a game, and yeah, we need to work on strategy, I think. I had Australia briefly. See, that's, I was about to say, that, that's, the, that's the one strategy everyone naturally falls into. Attack, take, attack, attack. Take over Australia and then try to go from there. Like, I thought that was just me, but Eddie Izzard even has a bit about it. But <laughs> build up on the purples, get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yep, yep, yep. The last thing I wanted to bring up of, our, of all of our stuff that's happening at, on the station at the moment is I had almost no reaction to the hanging scene. And I wonder if it's because we also didn't see anyone else reacting or have any, I don't, I don't think there was even any noise in that scene of anyone gasping, being like, oh no, this is a horrible thing that we've just watched right, hap, right you know, happen right in front of us and it's traumatizing. It's, you zoom in on Kira and then you cut the scene. And I was like, god damn it. Didn't I they think, also slow-mo it weirdly or did I make that up in my yeah, head? Yeah, well, it was slow-moed. I, I, my thing was like, I just saw it coming. Oh, yeah, same. Like when she was like, oh, we'll see tomorrow. And then there's no crowd. It's like, oh, she's going to fucking light herself on fire or blow herself up or hang herself or something, isn't she? And Kira's going to get a sad. You're so bored of it. <laughs> yeah, um, not exactly the most shocking moment, I think. No, but Joran's like two things. Revolution and symbolic suicide. Martyrdom. Yeah. yeah. I think the way that the scene was shot, though, I just had zero reaction to it. Well, I also think you know it's it's kind of it's kind of a bummer that there's no Vedic character that we really know on the yeah, show. Yeah, that's true. That's it, true. They had to introduce a character this episode just to just to we kill. Should have kept Burial around. No, no, we really no. shouldn't have. Um, they should have put like the Spock's brain thing on his head and kept him <laughs> around. Just have somebody remote controlling him all the time. Ooh. Yeah, no, the, uh, I think the mass slaughter of the Jem'Hadar was more effective. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah, that was, that was pretty brutal. So oh, yeah, yeah, so the A-plot in this episode. Yeah. Everyone, everyone was clearly sad, except Garrick, who seemed pretty into it. Yeah. And, uh, they yeah, want, no, They so was... wanted it to go another way. I mean, so did I, because I really liked yeah. Ramatoclon. Yeah, that's, like, uh, Phil Morris. Yeah, Again. Phil Morris. We last saw him as the guy that Quark fought for his uh, for Grilka's love. Yep. Hmm. Yep. And of course, as we realized after the fact, he was one of the Miri kids. Yeah. Yeah. He might actually. Yeah. He's he's him and him and Clint Howard are in a lot of Star Trek. And we're gonna see him at least once or twice more. Yeah, we see him some more. He was yeah he was a a very interesting character because when we have a discussion with him. Like quasi negotiating, even though he's not doing any negotiating, he's just telling yeah. you what the deal is. Yep. And being like, "Yeah, no, I'm not going to negotiate. I'm just telling you what's happening. I don't, I don't yep. have any power to do anything, and also I don't care." <laughs> yeah, I liked, I liked the scene, the first scene between him and um, Cisco when yeah. in the cave mm-hmm. when Cisco's like, "Yeah, I, I, your, your Vorta's word means nothing to me." But, I, but, you know, I, I, I see that, you know, I, I will take your word over the word of the Vorta. 
I thought that was interesting. And, you know, obviously Cisco playing some mind games himself. Yeah. Mind so, un- games. Unsuccessfully. <laughs> That this guy though, I've forgotten his name, but I think he is so far the slimiest Vorta we've oh, seen. Kevon, I'm very interested in seeing more Kevon. Oh yeah, I oh, hate him. And we will, right? Because he's now going to be like a yeah, he's prisoner least, of war of yeah. theirs. Yeah. We see, we see him at least one more time that I know of. Nice, I'm excited. And I think it might just be the one time. He like, seemed very you... young to me. Did he look yeah. very young? Yo, the yeah. actor. Yeah, I, I looked up the actor at the time. He wasn't even thirty. Oh well, and oh compared to the so other, he wasn't over the hill like Bashir. Yeah. Well, yeah, compared to the other Vorda who all seem adult sized, even after they've been cloned. It's yeah, like, man, this is an interesting choice. Yeah, no, he's definitely he's, he's a little young, so he's baby faced. He's someone we're actually going to see in Star Trek a few more times after this, and he's a local boy. Went to Matignon. I don't know what that is. It's a fairly prestigious private or Catholic school in Cambridge. How have I not heard of this? I don't know. Anyway, um, he also had a great scene with Kivan, um, or Kivan had a great scene with Ramadaklan. Yeah. Um, where, you know, he asks, which one of your, your boys here started firing, even though I told y'all not to, but, you know, you're going through withdrawal, so you're barely paying attention anymore. And Ramadaklan wouldn't tell him. And I was yeah. like, man, I didn't know that Jem'Hadar could stand up to Vorta like this. Good mm. on you, bro. Well, the lack of white probably helps. And it feels like there already wasn't a lot of, like... Like, there's loyalty because it's programmed into them, but there is definitely no respect for him. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And again, because, like, I, I... Of all the Vorta we've seen, you know, they, they vary. Some, you're like, you're interesting. Or there's, like, Wei Yun, who it's like, oh, you're just a delight to not trust. <laughs> and this guy's just, like... There's nothing to like about him. He is really? deeply unpleasant. That's funny. I liked him. Really? Oh, I hate yeah. him. I just mean, I watching, just think he's a, he's a shithead. Is he? Okay. Because I, uh, the very first couple of scenes we, were, we we saw him, I was like, he's being kind of nice to everyone, but it might be because he's very, like, extremely injured laying on yeah. a rock. Well, yeah, I think he's being, he's being cordial, but at the same time, I mean, he's Dying. clearly just, he's just interested in his own self-preservation. Yeah. Like, I think this is something I was thinking when we were talking about how the discussion with Wei Yun where it's like you enjoy being their sort of boss. And it's like, I don't necessarily know if he enjoys it. It's just something he does. This little twerp likes being in charge and getting to order around these soldiers that well, he thinks less of. Yeah, until he runs out of white and realizes. Yeah, and then he shits his pants and is like. Alive if they have the chance. Maybe well, that's really, why he was being so nice to them. Like, yeah. What's really oh, interesting guys. to me, though, is is like, so clearly the Vorta if not to the same extent, they have definitely had some kind of genetic conditioning and yeah. disposition to yeah, worshiping they're all, they're the clubs. founders. Why didn't, why did the founders leave in the self-preservation instinct? Because it, it seems to me that like in a situation like this, you really don't want your Vorta being taken prisoner. Um, Like it seems like it would have been a much better thing for the, for the, you know, for them to just, attack regardless i guess the thing is since the vorta are the face of the dominion in a lot of ways like it, it's certainly the way we first are introduced to the dominion at large is the 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 actual founders kind of try to stay out of the way and remain hidden and unknown as possible mm-hmm. with the vorta being 
your public face. So, you know, again, they're they're your ambassadors. They're the people you send a conference of when a planet is an issue, is having an issue. Like, you need them to be a little more... You need them to have, I guess, the wider range of emotions or feelings and things. Yeah. You know, especially if they're going to be your ambassadors, like, I suppose a certain amount of self-preservation, per se, is part of negotiation. Like, it might be necessary that they have a bit more sort of wiggle room. Maybe. But yeah, I mean, this guy definitely, definitely only cares about number one. And I mean his first. Yeah, it's also a little bit like, why would you program a robot to feel pain? You do that so the robot doesn't just light himself on fire all the fucking time and break himself. You you want <laughs> you want him to stay around long enough to to do the thing he needs to do. Isn't yeah, that fu- is that in Futurama where there's a robot who's like, why why was I programmed to feel pain? No, I think or that was that Simpsons? The Simpsons. Yeah, I think it is. Because we have plenty um, of robots already in Futurama. Yeah, they have bespoke homeless robots. Like, why do you make those? Uh, so. <laughs> As usual, also on this episode, Garrick is Garrick as a prisoner is I love it is wonderful. So Every time Garrick gets taken prisoner, he's just a smart ass. Yep. I liked how at first he tried to convince them that he was a Cardassian prisoner of the Federation, mm. and like I liked how they even put in you know he's like yeah I was um I was taken prisoner by the the USS Centaur. Which is probably the just the first ship he thought of because it's the one that they encountered earlier. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's just you know he's he's quick on his feet. But. I just think it's it's too bad that they didn't just see through his bullshit because he's Garrick. They had to find his communicator. It would have been really <laughs> funny if they were like, "Yeah, we know who you are, Mister Garrick." And yeah. Son of a your, your bitch. name's Elam Garrick, you piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. you're you a know tailor. Who you are. You've been. They all have him like tattooed on their arms. They like, genetically well, imprinted his 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 photograph in all of their brains. Yep. <laughs> him and him and Cisco. Yep. Well, hang on. So they've been flying around in the ship from the ship from five, season five, um, and the gem hunter <laughs> based on the novel Push by Sapphire. <laughs> The Jem'Hadars that we come across in space, they know to chase it. They and they and after that fall, after you know it crash lands, it never comes up. Like, what were you doing with that ship? <laughs> well, it's like you said too, like about the uh, the white that was on board. I just feel like there's kind of a lot of plot holes in this episode. <laughs> well, I don't know because I don't. It's not clear that the Jem'Hadar knew that the. Federation people arrived on a Dominion ship. Yeah, they just crash landed. They just know that because they didn't even know that there was a crash. The only reason they knew there were Federation people is because they saw them. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I yeah. thought I thought that the Jem'Hadar on the planet were the ones that crash landed because they had been chasing. No, them. no, they were the, the a ones different that were crash. chasing, and they yeah. were oh, the ones that were chasing them stopped at the edge of the nebula. They, they didn't even follow them in. Oh, okay, okay. I loved Garrick's read when he saw that they were crashing. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, guys, hang of, on. His veneer of chill has slipped. Yeah. When the I when liked... the Jem'Hadar decloak, he has a great line too. He says, "Hmm, something seems amiss." And then the Jem'Hadar appear everywhere. Now I know something is amiss. Well, it, it, what happened was Nog said, "What is it?" He's like, right. "I'm not sure." And then they decloak, and he's like, "Now, now I'm, I'm sure." sure. What's interesting? 
It, it was it, really good. This reminds me. It seems to be implicit that the cloak might actually be a biological function, and it's dependent on having enough white. Yeah, because that That's one, what they're I like, assumed. yeah, go I back to the base, and the guy's like, I can't shroud anymore. Yeah, oh, I didn't know it was a tech. I yeah, I always assumed it was just like a little cloak on the belt or something. Oh, yeah, I think it might be more like like a camouflage than a yeah, cloak. like a yeah. I'm not sure if I had any idea if I thought it was tech or biological. I had yeah, I had just assumed it was tech until this moment. Yeah. I just hadn't really I thought really about had it. An opinion on it. I mean, since the Tosk could do it, and the Tosk, yeah. I assumed it was biological. And since the Tosk yeah. and the Jem'Hadar are very similar as as species, I mean, yeah, all we know the Jem'Hadar were engineered from the Tosk. Mm. Yeah, probably. I say uh, I say that works for me as headcanon. Yeah, especially because um, we were just saying they definitely started somewhere, and that seems like a good place to start since yep. they're obviously already susceptible to like. Doing a thing they're told to do, even though it's too like and they will absolutely fuck you up. against their benefit. They're good fighters. They're good. They have cloak. That's and really that. That should that should have been a thing. Is they should have gone to the Delta Con and tried to find the Tosk. <laughs> been like, hey, quadrant. What did I say? Delta, Delta again? Quadrant. God damn it! Every fucking time. It's gonna Listen, get. We're gonna more get there soon enough. Just, just we're gonna be there. At that point, I'm just gonna make up a fifth one. Yeah, I, I don't Epsilon know. Quadrant. Yeah. <laughs> ah, so the speaking of quadrant. the ship from season five, this was also the same filming location that they did all the sh- the scenes outside that they did on the ship. Oh. And if you'll remember when we talked about it, it was like soup, like stupid hot mm. when they did the ship, and it was even hotter when they did this episode. Oh. Temperatures reached a hundred and twenty-eight degrees. Oh, what my the God. fuck? Where are they? Arizona. California. Oh, fuck that. Sun Valley, I think. <laughs> yeah, sure? Only yeah, because saying. Death Valley was taken. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, they had to cut a scene that would have been at the end because it was just too hot to film this fucking scene. Because they would have actually shown Worf swoop in at the end in his ship and, and rescue everybody so that they wouldn't be stuck on this planet anymore. But they're oh. like, it's too hot. We yeah. fucking can't. Just he was fucking like- skip it. Have you seen the 10 pounds of prosthetics I'm under? I yeah. will fucking die. I mean, well, everybody, right? Like oh, all, God, the all the Jem'Hadar actors. Garrick, Nog. Nog. That's true. The Vorta. Hey, I have a question, Ames. Yeah. I feel like you alluded to a reason why Jadzia wasn't in a lot of scenes. And I, I don't think we got there yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really am curious to know. Well, you'll also remember in a previous episode that we mentioned that Terry Farrell can't be in direct sunlight because she's got like a skin condition or something. Oh, yeah, I oh, forgot about right. that. So they they realized we're going to be outside a lot. We cannot ask this of Terry Farrell and we don't want to build her any more like umbrellas and tarps and shit. Right. Um, we're just going to have her injured to keep her out of the sun because this is this would otherwise just be cruel. Yeah. Oh, and that's why they didn't put chairs in. Easier to have her injure herself by falling over. <laughs> so it, there's what a no precarious good, bridge. There's no in-world explanation that's good, but there's a meta explanation. It was so Terry Farrell could fall over. Yeah. Mm. The sad thing was, it, it was I know in like first and second season, I got really sick of how often Jadzia was just naked on like under a sheet on a table, and we mm. revisited that for this episode. I was like, God damn it! Always oh, naked like they, on a table. She was they, naked they, under they, there. They showed her, well, she at least had her shirt off because they showed her spots. Yeah, I actually oh. didn't notice at first. There's, but there's that one time they show her from the side and it's like, oh, like, yeah, no, what, she What is. was the purpose of taking her shirt off? Well, I, mean, I, guess, I, guess, uh, I guess Julian would have had to take it off to 
surgerize the yeah. The yeah. Also, Consider it was wet that in the water. Mm. I was gonna say, consider that O'Brien ripped his trousers. Maybe she had some kind of uh, fashion malfunction as well. Maybe mm. that was they had a tailor. <laughs> well, except his sewing kit is five hundred meters. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, he's not. How is he gonna have a needle? And he's like, I don't have my shit. And I was like, oh, okay. I I did like that scene for some reason. What scene? <laughs> Where they like they've all survived and O'Brien's like, oh, I ripped my fucking pants. That was a really good scene. It was. Yeah. It was really cute. And it feels real, you know, because it's yeah. like yeah. you've just survived this fucking horrible event. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah. You're and all this adrenaline. Is the thing you say. This yeah. is the thing. Very O'Brien. Because yeah. he's, he's also like the most human character on the show. Mm. That's true. Yeah. I did like, uh, or I mean, not did like, I didn't like, uh, I felt like they they kind of wasted injured Jadzia. You know, she's injured, and then in the first scene, Julian's like, yeah, she's going to be fine. Yeah, um, that's true. There was no, like, stakes where yeah, she I was, was concerned. I was definitely expecting there to be, a like, a clock. Yeah. Mm. Like, like a, or, I stabilized her, but... Yeah, the, 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 the symbiont is injured or something. You yeah, know? it would have you added know? more stakes since the Jem'Hadar and Kivan specifically said, we need your doctor over here. And it would have added, like, you know, way more tension for him to be like, well, I can't go over there because I need to stay with Jadzia. And then be like, no, you have to go over there because we need to deal with this. And there would be like some level of like, oh, what decision do I have to make? I don't know. Jadzia's naked over here. Hmm. Jadzia's naked over here, but I do like being a Dominion prisoner. (laughs) He has to like... Well, it's his God complex. He's going to go and try to heal everybody as usual. I I loved like the little bit how when after he treated Kivon, he was like, having like bedside manner yeah you know charm turned up to 11 like doing the little jokes like oh you're gonna have to put up with me a little bit longer <laughs> here's, here's your sucker <laughs> oh i love that i'm alive no self-diagnosis please yeah it's just like he's like really like this is this i know Maybe that you like to be affable to with your pa- with your patience but at the same time you don't have to be affable with this guy. He's a piece of shit. He, I think he was just trying to make Garrick jealous. Yeah, their little mm. interaction when they were doing like the prisoner swap, mm. and the two, and they pass on like the Getty or whatever they were. Yeah. Oh, how are you guys doing? Oh, I could could be better. Bye. <laughs> well, but Garrick was like perfect. Yeah. And I was like, oh, all right. I had a great time. <laughs> Yeah, he's the one that has the lollipop. Yeah. Ooh. He's like, they're just giving these away. Do 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 do. Yeah, the Garrick Nog stuff was also very interesting, seeing yeah. as they have this weird fucking history now. Yeah. Yep. But I like, like so like it. earlier in you know, when Nog's like, Yeah, I'll never let you you know, I'll never turn my back to you again. And then when they were walking over the Getty, yeah. Nog was in front. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I will right. I will never play Kotra with you again. <laughs> well, the devil you know, etc. Yeah. But I also okay. enjoyed that, you know, like you can walk with you know. I can walk. You can walk ahead of me or beside me, but I will never turn my back on you again. Well, there's hope for you yet, Cadet. I liked it. Yeah, Garrick, Garrick loves that people don't trust him because that's exactly what he wants. Yeah, he was getting annoyed that people were trusting him so much. <laughs> well, it makes him feel like a Cardassian. Mm. You know. Yeah. It was also that's interesting. Why... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that's why Rom has people telling him he's not Ferengi enough. No one's gonna say that shit to him. Like, yeah. No mm. one's gonna claim he's not Cardassian enough. Yeah. We also see Nog do some swimming. And I was yeah. very interested in being like, how do you swim with all the prosthetics on? 
Yeah. Well, it looked like like he like the actor was deliberately trying not to submerge. Was he on head. like a bodyboard maybe or something? I don't know, but the way he was swimming was very much like well, you would be swimming if you didn't want to get your hair wet. He should have been swimming like a frog because yeah. he is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, but I, I bet, bet you, you like the makeup submerge. artist was like, yeah, please. Like I bet you, if that thing gets filled with water, oh, it no. just like leaks out and yeah. weighs oh, four hundred pounds. I was gonna say he sinks to the bottom because he's just. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he just gets out and his just neck is cranked like this. And <laughs> oh god, I don't know if water I told... flowing out of the ears. <laughs> I don't know if I told this story. I probably did when we watched Insurrection, but I know like Brent Spiner was talking about the fact that something to do with the nature of like the temperature of the water when he did that underwater scene made it harder to get his makeup off. <laughs> oh yeah, because it was also I think I mentioned in in our Insurrection discussion it was waterproof makeup. Right, right, that's what it was. So, yeah, it's pretty, uh, huh. Uh, but I also function as a flotation device. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh I, good. Good I'm for Sorry, that. what? I guess I am sort of glad, though, they didn't have him frog it up, because that just brings back memories of the first Ferengi appearance, and I never <laughs> need to think of that again. Yeah. He does the frog, eat, frog kick, and then he w- takes out his electrical whip. Ooh. Like that. he gets, he gets, he gets to the shore and immediately like crouches in a frog like manner. Hisses. <laughs> tries to tries to get a fly out of the air. <laughs> yep, yep. I Does all it. the bouncing. Uh, we yeah. also, well, the last thing I think I have is we see a lot of the crew seeing as it's so fucking goddamn hot. Yeah, um, a lot of them acting in just their undershirts. Mm. Well, just their, they're still long sleeve shirts, but just yeah. the colored shirt instead of the jacket that goes on top. Yeah. And I like the undershirts better. Yeah, it's like one of you said last week, the, the lack of color with these uniforms is actually kind of a bummer. Yeah, the lack of color, plus they're bulkier. And I don't, yeah, yeah it just, just doesn't feel like a uniform. It feels like they're just wearing a jacket. Mm. Yeah. But no, I really like, because you also could see like, you know, the red and the and the blue and the and the red a lot more. And it felt... More Star Trek to me, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah, yeah. They, they've never, they've never gone back to like the full, just you know, bright colored shirt of the TOS mm. or early TNG days. Mm. Or TNG Strange in new general. Worlds might. From a- yeah, well, they're, they're, yeah, they're the Enterprise has. Yeah, they're keeping uniforms. those uniforms they did for Discovery. But, okay. but from like a tactical perspective, not having a big color coding for who your important people are is probably good. Yeah, but that's the thing is like this is Starfleet. They're really not supposed to be so tactical. Yeah, and like considering Everyone's these uniforms, here. yeah, and considering these uniforms came in before the war started, it just seems weird. Mm. I don't know. They do a lot. I've seen a lot of fucking away missions is all I'm saying. I feel like, I don't know. I just say it's a damn good thing that of the stuff that they managed to salvage from the crash ship, all of them managed to get phaser rifles. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, damn lucky. Hey, should we get the food? Should we get Garrick's sewing kit? Nah, fuck it. Make sure you get a gun. (laughs) Should I get a change of pants? No. Yeah. I wonder how long Nog, being a frog person, could hold his breath and go down for more things. Mm. I mean, That's I think it, I think it, at 500 meters, there might be pressure issues. Oh, that's a good point. Mm. I don't really know when water starts to become crushy. Like, you, well, I mean, it's probably not crushy, but you probably need 
like like breathing assistance at that level. Yeah. Well, and, and they've your, got their lungs ears. will just Couldn't be compressed. There be like a lot of pressure on your eardrums or something. I feel like they've probably got big eardrums. Yeah. And that's yeah, the thing think- with frogs. They're amphibians. They're not really made for long-term underwater work. They kind of stay towards the surface. Yeah. I think the bigger issue though with depth at that like depth is like being like the, the oxygen in your the air in your lungs just gets compressed. That's why you get the bends. Mm-hmm. See, now Julian, big Johnny Superman, maybe he could have done something. There you maybe. Go. At 500 meters though, light has to be a problem too, right? They have flashlights. Did they did they bring the flashlights? No, they only brought rifles. <laughs> The rifles have flashlights on them. I was just going to ask if the rifles had flashlights. <laughs> well, plus, don't forget, they have those stupid cube flashlights. Mm. Oh, no. Are those st- things still around? I feel like the last time we saw a the, flashlight. The, the hand beacon? Yeah, it was still one of those idiot things. Just tape it to their forehead. It's fine. There we go. They have no tape. Actually, you know, it turns out, of course, we don't know this because they just look human, but maybe one of the two uh, red shirts there was actually from sort of a a water world type species and has little gills behind their ear and they could have done it. Hmm. Descended from lantern fish. Yes. <laughs> Pops out. Flu. What? Fucking things are ugly. Yeah, interestingly enough, by the end of this episode, they're actually in a better place than they were at the start. Yeah. They now have a, a subspace transmitter. Yeah, yeah, but they don't have a ship. <laughs> yeah, but, no, they, but can now they can call for help now. That's true. Of so course, the last thing is they're not entirely ship out of luck. Yeah. Hey. Of course, the saying? issue is last they knew the nearest ships were Dominion. So. Yeah, but they could somebody they just send somebody out in the Defiant all cloaked and whatnot. Yeah, true. Well, they knew the Centaur was nearby. Mm. Yeah, this radio ship. up. By the way, that ship you were firing on, that was us. <laughs> mm. Yeah, damn it, Charlie, or whatever your name was. Charlie, I think is right. Isn't Charlie, it? that's right. Yeah. Charlie bit my finger. I actually, I feel like, I felt like I knew that ship and I was right. I looked it up. It's, it's, it's a kit bash from an Excelsior. So it's like an Excelsior saucer and nacelles, but no engineering section. So it's almost like a Miranda class, but made out of Excelsior parts instead of constitution parts. Hmm. Cool. Good for them. Yeah. It's a fun looking little thing. I'm sure that ship got wrecked by the. But the other Jem'Hadar. Oh, so badly. Shipwrecked. So Harley's dead. Yeah. Super dead. R.I.P. Super cash. And, was, and like, Charlie was kind of a dumb fuck anyway. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to chase this ship into the into the enemy territory all by myself. Yeah. What was Charlie doing there? I don't know. He wasn't the with the troll? fleet. What the fuck was, yeah. What was Charlie doing? He's AWOL. I mean, a ship that small is probably a scout ship, so it probably was just on a patrol. Yeah. Charlie had just radioed back to Starfleet a couple weeks earlier being like, hey, I found the Ketracel White facility. Yeah. Yeah. That would actually make sense. Would. Well, it also might make sense to wrap up. So, if you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you can find A Star to Steer Her by wherever fine podcasts are sold. We are on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for A Star to Steer Her By. You can find us on Twitter and Tumblr at SSHB Podcast, or you can find us on our website at SSHBpodcast.com, where you'll find all kinds of neat things that we've written, including fanfics and articles about horrible admirals and 
terrible sweaters and bad ship design. Mostly just shit. Uh, that we don't like. Not shit. You know what I mean. Anyway. No, it's uh, stuff we like, too. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to... There was a common theme. I was just running with it. Fair enough. It's all great. Go check it out. In the meantime, I've been Caitlin. No. I, no. Sorry. Well, you, ha- you have not been Caitlin. Not yet. Sorry. Coming up next week, we'll be discussing two more Deep Space Nine episodes, Sons and Daughters, and Behind the Lines. Until then, I have been Caitlin. I have been Jake. This has been Chris. And this is Always Ames. I don't think we had a rule of acquisition this week. I was going to say, I'm out of rules of acquisition. Apparently. Rule of war number one. What is it good for? (laughs) Absolutely nothing. Huh. Good God, y'all. Huh.